will not get in to our eyes and the eyes of our heart. And that God of this world is the devil. And he's about his uh, work even now, even more than ever before. Mostly, especially, I want to say, in the United States. And the way he has blinded our eyes is the various things that we seek after, the various things that we hunger after, the various things that we think we've got to have, must have, must do, and go after, and therefore keep us away from God. And that's what we're going to look about. The title of this morning's message is Living Among the Dead. Living Among the Dead. And you'll see where this title comes from as we go to our opening text in Luke 24, verse 1. Listen carefully. Now unto the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. They said, Why seek ye the living among the dead? Listen, we know the persecution comes for those, especially over uh, in the in the Mideast and all, all over those in North Vietnam and Korea and China and India. Very horrible persecution will literally drag you out and beat you, if not kill you, because you love the Lord Jesus Christ. But something's amazing. The more they do that over there, it seems like the stronger the church grows. It might go underground and has to. Because it is illegal. Your church has to be uh, registered with the state or it's considered an illegal church. But the people of God still continue to witness and love Christ and continue to grow and grow and grow. It's only in America. It's only in this Western Hemisphere where the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is declining. And you're like, you kind of try to figure out why is that? I mean, we have so many things. We have homes and cars and boats and planes. We, we can go golfing, take vacation. We can go swimming. We got money. Uh, we got all sorts of things and mostly we got freedom. But the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is going downhill. People are giving up on God. And because the enemy has a different tactic when it comes to uh, disrupting the, the move of God in America. And that is prosperity. He has blessed you out of your socks. So you have no need. You think you have no need. You want to go have a steak dinner? You can go have a steak dinner. Every one of you are probably be going up. Pig out in a little bit. You're going to go for all. You're going to have pasta. I am. We're going to have ham. You're going to have potatoes. You're going to have a dessert. And then you'll probably do it all over again six more hours from now. We've got all kinds of stuff in this country and in this nation. And that is the very tactic the enemy is using to destroy the church. And as we seek this stuff and hunger for this stuff, to me, this is the question of the ages. Why seek ye the living among the dead? Do you understand that the Bible talks about money as the root of all evil? The absolute root of all evil. Case in point, a wide receiver from the uh, Miami Dolphins, um, Brandon Marshall, just last year, just last year, signed a 
five-year, $50 million contract. Man, his problems are over. That guy's got it made. His ship came in. He hit the lottery. He got the job he wanted. He got the raise he wanted. He just got released from the hospital. His wife stuck a knife right through his stomach. This is what happens as we seek the living among the dead. Money and things and wealth and riches and fame and that job I got to have and that car I must have and that iPhone 4, 5, 6. And we do that here in America. We crave for that stuff almost if we have to wipe our mouth from drooling. And it's why seek ye the living among the dead is what the angel said. That stuff produces death. If it didn't produce death in every sports athlete, a Cincinnati Red pitcher makes $500,000 a year, and that's low for the uh, major leagues, but that's still a lot of change. $500,000. Got picked up for shoplifting in Macy's in Cincinnati. Had $59 worth of T-shirts. Why seek ye? It's all this stuff that we seek and long and crave and, and go after. And the angel said, man, why seek ye the living amongst the dead? And if you look at it, it's as if the women were shocked. I mean, it's like they were shocked. And he said, he told you. He told you this, that he would have to be suffered. He'd have to be given into man's hands. He'd have to be crucified, but he'd raised from the dead. He told you this. And here we are again, another Easter. Telling you again, over and over, this Easter story. And it seems like we don't get it. We don't listen. Just like these ladies that ran to the a grave to, to do their thing, their holy thing, to take care of this dead body. You understand Christmas is cool that Jesus came. Emmanuel, God with us. But without Easter, Christmas is nothing. Without the resurrection from the dead, you and I would still be lost in our sin. He is the only leader that they still can't find the grave. They don't know where he was buried. Oh, they have an idea. They'll stick something in a rock over there for all the tourists to kind of, they think this is, but they don't know. I buried my father three years ago. I know where that's at. It's there. It's still there. But Christ, they don't know where it's at. You can find all the graves of all the uh, supposedly important leaders of religions. They're still in the grave. Your Christ. Why seek you to live among the dead? Things do not satisfy, yet we still, we still run after these things. Too often we look uh, for Jesus in the dead things. We look for him in religion. <clears throat> Listen, this might shock you. I've said it before in this church, but if you're visiting, I am not religious. Ain't that a cool church? Nice pastor. He's not religious. I have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have man's religion and some doctrine, something he wants me to follow, something he wants to go after. That is seeking the living after the dead. And sometimes that's what you're born into and that's all you know and you trudge through that for a long time. But we're telling you here today, you are seeking hopefully the living among the living. Not living among the dead. We know the truth and the truth is that Christ came to save a sinner such as me and he broke the hold of death in the grave on me when he came up out of the grave and had vict victory for it, which we call Easter for you and I. And this is what's happening. This is what's going on. We uh, use this day to celebrate. And it, no, it didn't happen this day, but who cares it happened? Is what you must always remember. We look for things in, in tradition. You can have tradition that you cannot even see. Just like the uh, Pharisees, they were so steep and stuck in the tradition, they couldn't even see the Messiah in front of them. 
We have man's roles. We have human efforts. We have vices for the flesh. We drink. We smoke. We cuss. We lift weights. We have plastic surgery. We get tattoos. We get this clothing, that clothing, everything to try to be uh, something that we're not even supposed to be to try to receive some type of satisfaction. Diets, multi-million, billion-dollar business. And yet, it does not satisfy. It does not satisfy. Only thing that satisfy is when you realize your sins are forgiven and God is your God and you have accepted Him and you are the child of the King. We're not talking about denomination or religion or ooh, 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 give me the membership card. I want it. There is none. It's really coming to a realization, having the eyes of your heart opened up. Jesus said, without me, you can't do anything. Jesus said it isn't even not in man, humanity, to know what to do. Without me, without my instruction book, you were created to be dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ, not independent. And when you go that route of doing things your way, that is the way of death. Jesus said, why seek ye the living? You will never find Christ in those things. You just won't. It's impossible. You never will. We make the Word of God. This powerful Word of God that is able to bring people to Christ, to newness of life, to be born again from hearing the Word of God. The Bible says your traditions make the Word of God of no effect. Have no effect. Like bouncing off a rock. Well, that's not the way we... <clears throat> we find Him only where there is resurrection life. When we worship Him in spirit and in truth, according to the Word of God, you will receive life from God. Your troubles won't go away. No, we're, we're standing in the gap and praying for a young lady who's in Cleveland Clinic today. Your problems won't go away, but we have a problem solver. We have a source now that we can go to that will intercede for and cry out to and believe that God will move on behalf of her because of what He has done for us. We find Him only where there is resurrection life. We try to find Him in all the wrong places. All the wrong places. We told you about riches. We try to find him in partying throughout the weekend. You can see it on Facebook, and it's so sick, it's so sad, because it never will satisfy. It absolutely will never, ever satisfy. We try to find it in sports, and big sports events, and oh, the Super Bowl, and oh, the World Series, and all that, and they never bring any type of satisfaction. Divorce rate is number one in the world in the United States. Divorce rate. Well, she's not satisfying anymore and you get another one and then another one and then another one. It just doesn't satisfy. The only thing that truly satisfies Christ, not even a, a woman or a man can satisfy. Not even a family. Oh, if I only had a child. You have it, but it doesn't satisfy. Oh, it doesn't mean you don't love it and cherish it and want to kiss it up, but you seek for something that the world can't give you, that this life can't give you. That a job can't give you. That a money can't give you. A while back when my son lived in L.A., we took that uh, open convertible ride to see all these unbelievable homes that they have multi-million, billion dollars. Um, Sylvester Stallone, you know, Rocky. We went by his house. That dude has so many cars. He has them parked all around his backyard. He has them parked in his front yard. And the guy even made a comment as he goes by and said he's got so many cars he doesn't know where to park them. That is a sign of totally being unsatisfied. It is. That's the way we are. All flesh is alike. 
And I had my eye on Chrysler 300 back when they first came out, which I think was 2005. Chrysler 300, I just think it's a sharp looking vehicle. I like how it is, I like what it looks like. It's snazzy, it's classy, it's got a nice ride. So I looked at the price, it's like $38,000. I'm like, forget this. Okay, so I finally got one. I got a 2006, now that it's 2011. And I've had it almost a year. It's all right. It's cool. I mean, it still looks nice. I'm kind of glad I have it. But before, I would think, man, I got look at that. That's a bad one. Oh, I like that color. And then that cream color. Well, nothing beats black. Going through all this kind of, but I have it now. And I have a great wife. I should be absolutely, total, 100%, completely satisfied. But we don't. We don't, because you know what they do? They come out with a Chrysler 300 2012. And then they come out with one 2013. You see the commercial on all the iPhones, and you're looking at your i4, and you finally got it, and the lady looks up and sees, now oh, another one's coming? Or a, a, what's the TV? 3D, and now it's 4D. And it's this constant hunger and wanting and driving and stuff, and nothing satisfies yet you and I still don't stop. We still go for it. The enemy must think we're the dumbest group of people ever living on this side of the world. Same thing. His tactic is the same thing over and over and over. You think hitting the lottery will help you. All you got to do is watch some of those specials they put on and they'll show you the last 20 years, the winners of the lottery and your life is ruined. Ruined. Mike Webster, all pro center for the Pittsburgh Steelers, won four Super Bowls, lived in his car in his dying years unsatisfied. It's only Christ that's satisfied. I mean, it, that's just it. That's, it's, that's simple. It's only the Lord. People are looking for someone to love them. And Jesus said, I will lay down my life for you. And we run right past him as if he hasn't talked or said a word to him. John 15, 13 says, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And I told you, when I watched that passion of the Christ and been a long time since I watched it all the way through and the beating and at one time he gets the and they stick in his and they rip it and they make that sound with the band or music I just can't even look at that and the whole thing is I can't believe he would do this for me for me I mean I have a mental battle going on during that movie for me for me yet he did it's Christ's love he says I will lay down my life for you and I <clears throat> John 10, 10 says this. Look, the various things that we try to find life in this world, listen to me, look, please, sucks the very life out of you. What you're trying to find happiness, life, I don't care what it is, whether you're a hunter, a sports freak, a model, a longer burger, basket collector, I don't care what it is, it sucks the very life out of you because it never gives you what you think it's going to give, why you long for it, why you go after it, why you got to have these things. It never gives you what Christ can do. Listen, John 10, 10 tells us the story. You know what? There's a thief. His name is the enemy, the devil. He cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's what he wants to do with your life. That's why he's trying to blind you with things and stuff and pot and crack and women and porn and uh, liquor and just think money and fame and cars and whatever it is. He don't care. He just wants to blind you. And his job, the thief, comes but to steal, to kill, 
than to destroy. You look up that word destroy, it means annihilate, as if it never existed. That's what he wants to do for your life. Absolutely kill and destroy it. Easter Sunday morning, the resurrection power, God says, I am come. I am come that you might have life. You cannot have life outside of Christ. You can live. You can exist. You can buy things. But you will not have life outside of Christ. He says not only to have life, but that you might have it more abundantly. More abundant. More abundant. What that means in America is if you have five gifts at Christmas time and your brother has 15 gifts, he has more abundantly than you. Because we are so wired for possessions and things. And God says, I have come to give you an abundant life that you don't even know about. That word abundant means, means exceeding. Listen, it means extraordinary. This life in Christ. Not this ordinary, mundane, blah, blah doggy dog world that you and I live in. And we're trying to be happy in it. And you can't. Because we are trying to seek the living among the dead. It's like walking through the graveyard looking for fellowship and friendship. Anybody? Somebody, please? I need a friend. I'm telling you, that's the truth. All you need to do, if you don't know Christ here this morning, just give your heart to Him. If you do know Him, you too fall in to seeking the living among the dead. You too fall into that American trap that things and stuff and money makes you happy. <clears throat> Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He did it. Now listen, there's two bosses. The boss and one who thinks he's boss. Okay? It's, it's almighty God who's the boss. He says, I've come to give you life. And then boss means who you're going to serve. And then there's the small G who's running around doing his thing. He said, no, 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 I got a better plan. I've come to, to kill, steal, and destroy you. But he flowers it up with stuff. And Jesus said just, by faith, believe, I have come to give you an exceedingly, abundantly, extraordinary life. And you have to choose. <clears throat> now, as we start to wind down, just look at our world. Look. I, it, is, it blows me away to think the very small amount that chooses Christ. I, I just I don't understand it. I just can't grasp, put my, wrap my head around how could you not want to serve this God who says, I love you so much, I'll die for you that I will never leave you nor forsake you. In fact, I love you so much, I know the number of hair upon your head. If God take just one, he would know the number of it. And we got, ah, no, thank you. I want to serve the one who wants to kill, steal, and destroy me. That's what's happening. That's what's going on. Easter after Easter, resurrection story after resurrection story, after certain songs, every beautiful songs. The angel said, man, I'm stunned that you don't, that you've come to this grave. Why did you come to the grave? He told you that he's going to raise from the dead. He told you. Now listen, this is a big key in this verse. 2 Timothy 1.10. Put it on Facebook a while back. <clears throat> but is now made manifest. Means the curtains pull back and you see. Made manifest. You can see. But is now made manifest how? By the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ. Who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the God. That's not hard to understand. I hope you get that. Christ, he's saying, I've defeated death. I've defeated death. 
and I'm going to give you life. I'm, I'm bringing you light and life. And how I'm bringing it to you is through the gospel, not through the sales at Macy's or Walmart or Target or Kohl's, not the new cars or the new computers or the, the new girlfriend or the, the other wife or the more money or the, live somewhere else. God said, no, I bring you life through the gospel. I've destroyed death for you. And yet it seems like we still don't get this. This is the greatest news about Easter. It is. I, I know this will sound stupid. I, I'm, I haven't died. Okay? So I don't know how it happens. But I have seen believers die. Those that I thought would be undone on their deathbed was calmer than I. And I just look at them in amazement because death has been abolished. By, by the Lord and by this event that we call Easter. Death isn't even death anymore to the believer. It's not. It's not. It, and, and the Word of God is called sleep. You know what? And when I pull back the... <laughs> Ruth said it not too long. It's like 7 in the morning. And we're just starting. You know, the big Easter dinner and 59 chairs at the table. And because of all the people. And we're just starting our day. And... Ruth saying, I can't wait to put my jammies back on because we know all the hustle and bustle and all the crowd and all the food and all the running and all the serving and all the clamor and all, which is fine. Easter family, great. But when it comes over, oh, the jammies, put them back on and you're hitting the sack. It's great when you pull back the sheets. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be gone for like seven, eight hours. I don't care. That's what they're saying. That's why King James calls it sleep. I never go to bed. Ruth never said, no, get to bed. Get to bed. Be quiet. No, no. Man, look out. I'm coming. I want to go to sleep. That's what death is to the Christian man. Who wants to hang around this? Seriously. Oh, the heartaches and aches. My heart ached for that young girl who's supposed to be planning her marriage. Ached. Oh, when will this day be over? These kind of phone calls and things. Just pull the sheet. Go to sleep. Wake up. Good morning, Lord. That's what it is to a Christian. It's not because you're in some unconscious state. It's because it's such a peaceful, pleasant thing to sleep and rest in God. Absolutely. It's just graduating them to glory. It's all it is. That's what it is to you and I. It's not R.I.P. What's that phrase? Rest in peace. It's not that. But you should put what I write down. You should put C.A.D. Christ abolished death. Put that on so when a Christian dies. Rest in peace. They're probably screaming, running around in glory. We have a dumb, twisted outlook on things. We do. I mean, I, me too. If I get some weird sickness, I'll probably run to the doctors to try for them to keep me alive in this sin-cursed, crazy, goofy, lousy world. Keep me alive. It's crazy. I mean, it is. That's just the way flesh is. So the angel said, man, why, why do you seek the living among the dead? Why? Look what, look what we do to ourselves. I don't know what a meth lab is. I don't even know what they do to get all that stuff. But a while back, somebody put on Facebook, a while back, nice looking person. And then eight months later, after they got hooked on meth lab, it's like, oh my God. Your heart breaks for them. Look like they're 50 years older. We do that to ourselves as they try to find life among the dead. And the enemy laughing all the time. The angel says, why seek 
who liveth among the dead. Oh, if I could just get that Corvette, if I could just get that extra big boat or that house with this and the house, maybe we'll get it today. Proverbs 12, 28 tells us this. In the way of righteousness is life. Now, that doesn't mean in the way, like this pulpit's in my way if I wanted to walk to my wife. No, it means in the way, walking that narrow way. In that way is life. It's life. In that way, in walking in righteousness, doing what is right. How do you know what to do is right? By the, this is your compass. Points that this is wrong, it's at the table, and you walk it by faith. Doing what is right by the compass, by the plumb line that God gives us. God says, in that is life. Now, how can we, people have the intelligence, build a space shuttle that'll go park somewhere in space, come back and land in California, then go under your sink and sniff Drano and capsules and what on earth? That's what we do without God. That's how we live. And the Lord went through all this. And by the grace of God, we're still able to celebrate in our nation Again, to tell you another Easter. Are you seeking the living among the dead? Look, look, I love my wife as much as I know how to love her, but I cannot be her all in all. I cannot have her life be satisfied. I can be a part of her life, a big part of her life, but it's only God that can make her satisfied. Even if she never has two nickels, God can do it. Isaiah 55, 1 tells us this, Everyone that thirsts, Come to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy, eat, yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Go do that somewhere in the world. Go to Denny's and eat and drink. Go to Arby's. Go to some five-star restaurant. Go buy, eat, and drink with no money. And, and God is offering you the meal of meals, and he's saying, it's no charge. It's free to you. Look at verse 2. He says, wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? and your labor for that which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fact. Brandon Marshall needs Christ. The wife he married needs Christ. They got $50 million. Didn't stop her from plunging nut into the abdomen of her husband. Jesus says, why do you eat that bread? Why do you eat that which satisfieth not? Eat the good food that I give. It's a choice. <clears throat> we buy boats, we buy golf clubs, cars, houses, swimming poles, 75 pairs of shoes, and we're still not satisfied. We play the lottery and hit the lottery, and still we're not satisfied. We get married, we get divorced, we get married again. We get divorced and still not satisfied. Elizabeth Taylor just died. Eight husbands and all the money. Still not satisfied. Michael Jackson still making buku money off his name. God not satisfied. Person after person after person is a testimony. Listen, look, that this is true. That this is true. Why seek you? The living among the dead. Let's stand. <clears throat> look, saved and unsaved fall in this trap. I don't know where you are with the Lord this morning. Usually Easter brings us lots of guests. One thing I do know, you're all Americans. You're all of us are Americans that live in this society of 
QVC in a few months. We'll be having Christmas in July, and you'll be buying. We bought some uh, flowers to hang out because they just look, and they're up high, and they don't have to worry about watering and them dying, and it's going to get cold. Forget it. Just put this flower, hanging basket flower, up there, $50 or something flower. Watching it on QVC, and that tally's going, the thing's just spinning like crazy. They sold 80000 That's what we do. Hung them up, and I went, man, they are nice. They are really nice. Asked our sons, did you see them flowers? No, I, I walked right under them. Didn't even see them. You want to look at them. Look, look, that's the way we are. We think, we acquire, we get it. It's okay. And it still doesn't sound. This morning, before you take off for all the various Easter's and grandmas that you've got to run to and trust that you're safe and blessed, still have a grandma and grandpa to hug and love. We want to give you opportunity. Today you're in this church. You can't seek the living among the living. Today, this morning, amongst us. We all have, I believe, we suffer from that American disease. And I like to look at the altars, kind of like a car wash or a saint walk, where you can come to the altar and just get yourself readjusted. Get the dirt and the grime, get stuff vacuumed out, and start thinking clearly while you're serving God. If you come here as a visitor and you don't know God, this is it. Jesus would say to you, you are still seeking the living among the dead. Christ said, I am life, and I've come to give it to you. As they sing, this is our altar call time. This is why we did communion early, so we could have some time here at the altar to thank God, to come to this altar and give him thanks for what he did. Or maybe to come for the first time and say, Lord, I... I'm ready to surrender. I want to give you my life. I want this life that he's talking.